welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the meanest review podcast on the internet, or so I've been told. That'll slice and dice, but hopefully guide you to a good movie. Each and every month there's a theme, and as it's January, I am doing Spyuary, which is my look at the Jason Bourne movies. Now, in my eyes, Jason Bourne is not doing too well. The first one was quite cut realistic action, but hired and old in today's standards. The second was quick cut shaky cam mess, and here we have it, the Bourne Ultimatum. Now, I did see this back in cinemas back in 2007 and was blown away. However, I haven't seen this since. So, this is Bourne's third outing, trying to find out who or what he actually is. Unfortunately, the CIA want to silence him and cover up everything to do with Treadstone and kill everyone connected. So, can he find out he is before all connections are killed? Let us find out. With a budget of $110 million, this thing pulled in $444 million. Starring Matt Damon, Julia Stiles, David Strathen, Scott Glenn, Joan Allen, Albert Finney, Paddy Consting. Directed by Paul Greengrass, the plot. Born is about brought out of hiding when a British newspaper reporter writes a story on Treadstone. The spooks at the CIA want to do a cover-up as they try and indeed kill the reporter. Bourne finally finds out who he truly is. Can he get his life together? Will the CIA let him be? Just how deep down does Treadstone or Black Briar indeed go? Let us find out. So after the logos, it opens up on Moscow, as we see Bourne played once again by Matt Damon, struggling away after being shot by the Moscow cops, uh, chasing him down as he first boards a train, trying to lose him. However, they fall him on, so he jumps off the train, and this makes his injuries even worse, as he's now got a gimpy leg. He runs to an all-night medical facility, which is strangely empty, to steal medical equipment and indeed medicine rather, and indeed remove the bullet. When is this supposed to happen? Before or after he visited the dead Russian MP's daughter in the previous movie. Hmm. Anyway, he patches them up and pulls out the bullet and cue PTSD flashbacks of David Webb, pre-Jason Bourne. I'm guessing getting a mind wipe, because he has no idea who the fuck David Webb is. Or indeed who Jason Bourne was. The Moscow cops find him, not to worry, quick cut, shaky cam, quick fight, and both are knocked out. Bourne smashes the radios and just walks into the night as up pops other titles. Note, none of this stuff was shot in Moscow, because it was deemed too cold, so it was shot in Berlin. Up pops six weeks later. CIA HQ in Virginia. We see CIA Director Ezra Kramer, Kramer rather, played by Scott Glenn, along with Pamela Landy, played once again by John Allen, and her lackey Cronin, played by Tom Gollop, or Gallop even, and two unnamed suits listening to Abbott's taped confession 
adopted to her by Born. Cramer points out Born is the is only after them because Abbott killed his girlfriend and he's on the run. Palmer points out the reason why Bourne was in Moscow was to check up on the Russian MP's daughter, his very first target. She tells him to let Bourne go. He's not a threat, however, he shuts her down and Bourne is indeed a threat in his eyes. Turin, Italy. We meet newspaper reporter Simon Ross, played by Paddy Constein. He's meeting his source, Willis, played by Gary Johnston, who, after Ross pulls out all the information on Bourne, plus Marie, that three years ago he went on a run until six ago, she was found dead in India, and he was last spotted in Moscow. He then tells him, uh, Willis, that is, he will tell him everything off records, Cut to Paris, France. We meet Krutz, played by Daniel Brull. He finds Bourne waiting for him in his home. Seems he is Marie's brother. No, not the stepbrother from part one, but an as-unmentioned brother. Yeah, you would think the CIA would, um, would have said she had two brothers living in France, and not the one with the grandmother. Plot hole! Mm-hmm. By the way, the camera is shaking like I don't know what. So, three years later, Greengrass has it for a fucking tripod. You would think with over a hundred million dollar budget, this idiot would buy a fucking tripod. What the fuck is the camera shaking at during this scene? It's born telling Marie's brother she's dead, not a fucking action scene. Hold the fucking camera still for fuck's sake. Anyway, I also love the fact that there is no emotion in this scene at all. Not the brother blaming Bourne, no anger whatsoever, no tears, no shock, nothing. Just blah, straight fucking faces. Really? Writer, director, fucking producer, editor? No emotion at all? Fuck off. Heathrow, a London. Ross is on the phone to his editor, telling him he has a story of a lifetime. Bourne is just a tip tip of the iceberg and he knows where Bourne is. Again, quick cuts, shaky cam, hold the fucking camera still. Also, why is this quick cut? It's not a fucking action, it's just a guy talking on a bloody mobile phone. Jesus, jingus, and note the shot length is 1.2 seconds. Oh my fucking god. Oh my god. Cut to CIA uh, listening post in London, which flags up the phone call. And I'm not even going to go into the legality of the CIA listening into calls in Britain. Should not be handled by the fucking Brits, not the Americans. Oh my god. This sparks a hive of activity in London, plus Virginia, and then to New York, where we meet CIA Deputy Chief Noah Volson, played by David Strathaden. He tasks, um, sorry, he's tasked to silence everything and everything attached to, to Treadstone, Bourne, or indeed Black Briar. So Ross is to be silenced. Cut to Bourne in Paris, heading to London via the Eurostar train. Meanwhile, in New York, Volson demands Ross's life to be dug into, turned inside out, and all his dirty little secrets to be exposed. All his 
mobile phone calls, there's emails, etc. Everything has to be hacked and traced. Hi, Lego, but moving the fuck on. On the Eurostar, a born reads in the newspaper all about his life. Tripstone, Marie's death, and a lot. So much for the CIA cover up in part two, then. Hmm. More PTSD flashbacks of David Webb sent up to Treadstone. He is then tortured, all but waterboarded, as the last of his humanity is taken. He is then trained to be a ruthless killer, Jason Bourne. During these flashbacks, we see Marie's death, and the one time Bourne smiles in any of these bloody well movies. Then the sex scene between him and Marie... And everything bloody else, because this thing is padded up the wazoo. Anyway, cut to Ross heading to his office at the Guardian newspaper to do what exactly? He's already written a fucking piece on Bourne, so why is he want to rehash the fucking same story? Hmm. He's being listened in on videotaped, which is then shown live to the CIA HQ in 2007. I don't think so. Also, it's dropped. His mobile phone will be hacked in under an hour. Uh, isn't it lucky? It's a Blackberry and not a fucking iPhone then? Because I'm calling bullshit in this whole fucking thing. I mean, this hacker scandal happened in 2008, I think it was, 7 or 8, that cost Rupert Murdoch the fucking News of the World newspaper because their editors hacked into some victim's mobile phone. So I'm calling bullshit in this fucking thing. Anyway... Oh my god, this this is just fucking awfully written, this movie. Anyway, he tells the editor he has a story that will blow Tristan out of the bloody well water. Blackbriar. So, Bourne calls him to tell him he's read his story and warns him that CIA is after him. This is of a hive of activity in a York office due to the fact they can't listen in on that call. Now... See, I would have called bullshit on us. However, what of the NSA hacking scandals? Also, as I say, it's Hackers Gate here in Britain, when Murdoch's paper went tits up. I'm not so sure anymore, so, hmm. Plus, with 9-11 and 7-7, all bets are off. Waterloo Station, 30 minutes later. Bourne is now in Britain. Ross is heading there via a taxi. With the CIA slash NSA listening in on everything he's saying, and indeed following him because eh, legality, fuck you, legality. Shouldn't this be handled by the MI5 slash 6, not the fucking CIA? But moving the hell on. Seconds later, a CIA hitman is activated to take out Ross on British soil. Yeah, I don't think so. International scandal, hello. Press. Britain and the US are allies. Bullshit. This scandal would cause the fucking takedown of the CIA, if not NSA. Oh my god, maybe even the fucking president. Who knows how, how high up this would go if you're going to kill a British citizen on British soil. Fuck right off, fucking movie. Oh my god. Born buys a pay-as-you-go mobile phone, or burner phone as Americans call them, at the station. Instantly he sets it up. Uh, yes, bullshit. That would take at least 20 fucking minutes. Moving the fuck on, anyway. Bourne notices 
he's been watched slash followed, so slips the prepaid phone into Rossi's jacket and calls it. Again, this sets the CIA office into a tizzy, because they don't have that mobile uh, phone hacked. Bourne tells Ross to head to a bus stop outside at the station, which I don't think is in real life, but I don't know London that well, so pass. He gets him to talk to some random guy in a hoodie, who is then bagged and tagged. Hello, a fucking lawsuit. I mean, this poor guy is dragged off the fucking bus for no bloody well reason, as they've waved guns around the place on a British fucking bus. Bollocks! Oh my god. Born takes out the guy that is following him with relative ease. And he continues to follow Ross. Seconds later, Hitman pulls up and enters the station via the back door. Bourne runs into Ross face to face and asks him who his source is. Ross says, no, he can't do that, but drops the words Black Briar. Telling Treadstone is just the start of it, but it continues in Black Briar. He is their, quote, last dirty little secret. Bourne tells him to run. Answer his phone which we never see nor hear ringing, but moving the fuck on, to follow his instructions to the bloody well letter and don't deviate. He gets him out of here safe, but Ross's paranoia rather gets the best of him as he runs for it. And note, the studio couldn't lock down Waterloo Station, so that's real people reacting in real time. I think people even called the police to report the shooting, which put Greengrass in hot fucking water. Anyway, Bourne spots Ross being followed by a quote-unquote grab team and quickly takes him out. Bourne then takes another grab team, saving Ross from being shot in New York. Fucking Vossen watches this all go down by CCTV cameras. Now, they know that Bourne is active. Why... Would Bourne risk his life and limb to save some newspaper reporter? He doesn't even know who already spilled all his dirty little secrets. Also, why would NSA slash CIA want him dead? Hello, plausible deniability. Oh my god, so Bourne is now pissed off at Ross, telling him to follow his every word and he'll get him out safely. However, Hitman takes his place behind a moving billboard. Again, Ross's pounder kicks in, and he's taken out. By the way, in New York, the CIA turn off all the cameras in Waterloo Station. Can they do that? I think not. Bourne runs to grab Ross's bag, and then tries to take out the Hitman, but the transport cops give chase. However, Bourne loses them, and indeed lose him in the underground. Bullshit. In New York, Volson calls Landy to chew her out. Meanwhile, in London, Bourne is using an internet cafe to search for more information from Rossi's notebook. He finds an address in Madrid, Spain, and cut to Madrid, where we see Willis trying to cover his tracks as the BBC report of Rossi's death. In his private safe is all the files on Blackbriar he bloody well has. He packs a bag, a gun and a file and then runs into the night. Meanwhile, in New York, Landy is having a breakfast with Vosen to talk shop. She's trying to suck up her ass, pumping up for information. She's having none of it, however, and just walks off. 
Borat made it to Spain, where it took him all day to get from London to Madrid, yet he can go from Monaco to Germany in 14 hours. Get in. With that day, Vossen introduces Palm to his team in New York. The, the, the CIA HQ, that is. Anyway, Palm busts balls and forces his team into action. As in Madrid, Bourne finds the address, but the place is crawling with Spanish cops, so he leaves and comes back later. As back in New York, Pamela punches holes in Vosen's theory that Bourne is the source, as Ross was in Italy meeting the source when Bourne was in Paris. How can he meet two places that bloody well once? He doesn't want to believe her, so she points out all we need to do is check out how many people in Turin had their mobile phones turned off. They find out only three. Wait, now hold on me here. You're telling me in a city of 800,000 plus people, only three people had their cell phone slash mobile turned off? Fuck right off. Oh, this movie is so bad. Anyway, uh, Pamela tells them to search Rossi's home for the three names and boom, they have the leak's name. Within seconds, mind, they find the fucking leak's name. So you're trying to tell me these techies had over nine hours to look at the information that they found in Rossi's home and no one looked at the photographs because Noah has a hard-on for born fuck right off movie. Oh my god, this is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. Anyway, that night, Bourne returns to the address, breaks in, and finds it empty. But he still looks for information anyway. Noah's team is only three minutes out, as Bourne must work quickly. Bourne finds a photograph, which triggers yet another PTSD flashback of Dr. Hirsch, played by Albert Finney, waterboarding him. Snapping out of it, Bourne sees on the CCTV cameras Noah's hit squad is only a matter of seconds out, so he runs for it, not before setting up a trap, however. Uh, why does this hit squad have a digital camcorder? Why not have fucking body cams? Anyway, Bourne quickly deals the hit squad, then pulls a gun on Nikki, once again, put by Julia Stills, as she just walks in. No clue what's happening. Bullshit, love, you didn't hear the, the commotion. Yeah. Mm. He then kidnaps her, after saving her from the fucking hit squad backups. In her car, she tells him she knows exactly where Neil Daniels, played by Colin Stinton, is the leak. Wait, I thought it was Willis. So why are they looking for another leak? What the fuck is going on here? They find out he is heading to Tangiers. So they head to Tangiers. Meanwhile, in New York, Pamela asks Vossen what the fuck is Blackbriar? He tells her it started off as an information gathering operation, but is now the umbrella black op for all the black ops he has done, and he is in control of everything. She is out of the loop. The only reason why she is in the loop because she knows Jason Bourne inside and out. She may be useful. Also, scapegoat. Seems Daniels, the leak, has all the dirt on all of his black ops. He will do anything to keep this thing from getting out of the open. So Willis wasn't leaked then, but Daniels, because guess I guess my fucking wires crossed here. This is what happens when you have shots that last less than 1.2 fucking seconds and it's shaking calming is shaking as fuck. 
Oh my god, plus nobody's bloody well named in this fucking movie, hardly. Also, why the hell did you get two acts to look alike? I mean, honest to fucking god. Hold that fucking camera, stop, piece of shitter. Back to Bourne. At some roadside diner with Nicky pretty much replaying the scene with him and Marie. She asks him why he is back. He shows her the photograph of Daniels with Dr. Hirsch, telling her he was there when he first became born. He wants no demands answers. Next day in New York, Daniels' passport is flagged up and they know he is in North Africa. Vossen then calls in a death order. However, Pam tries to stop it. Um, she is given the runaround. However, she calls the... What's his name? Kramer guy? But he gives her a runaround. So basically, she has a fucking scapegoat then. Hmm. Anyway, Tangiers, Morocco. Born and Nikki have arrived via ferry. Hitman is then activated. He is Desh, played by Joey Ansel. Born and Nikki set up shop in a hotel room across town with her logging into the CIA database to find out what is happening. Meanwhile, in New York, Vossen is barking orders to have Daniels shot on sight. Nikki texts Desh to tell her to meet her at a little cafe and here Bourne follows him to Daniels. A techie then finds out Nikki is hacking in, so Vossen tells the room she is next to be killed. This sparks off Pam again, as the two of them butt heads yet again. With Pam saying Nikki is Treadstone, she is not a fucking traitor, but Vossen wants her dead anyway. Desh is told via text to kill Nikki and Bourne after he kills Daniels. So Bourne tries to stop Daniels from Nishi's car bomb, but it's too late as a red herring, as Deshi's scooter was actually the car bomb and it blows up Daniels in his car. Bourne is now down mere feet from Desh. He walks away, riding yet another scooter, as Bourne just walks up and walks away and chases it on foot, which is bullshit, by the way, because he took the full blast of that explosion to his fucking face, and secondly, he's fine. Bollocks! Anyway, Bourne steals a dirt bike and heads back to Nikki to save her from Desh. This fucking idiot is still sitting there in the cafe. He'll love Run! Cue a car chase as the cops are on Bourne's tail. All I can hear here, here, here. Ah, say again. All I can hear here is the Bond theme in my head as Bourne loses the cop with relative bloody well ease. Chase, um, replaying the mini chase, but this time not a mini, but a dirt bike. As finally, Nikki runs for it when she spots Desh. She runs into a nearby market in the hopes of losing him. However, her dyed streaky hair is a dead giveaway and he follows her with ease. Hello, love. Grab a fucking headscarf and try to blend in. Bourne follows them along with other cops. Cue the rooftop chase. Again, all I can hear is the bloody well Bond theme. The root stuff, you know what I mean? Anyway. Anyway, Nikki is now completely fucked. Bourne is on the rooftops as Desh is on the ground after her. Maybe she should have, oh, I don't know, ran if she had the fucking explosion in the first place. A ditzy bitch, they said for fucking ten minutes. 
Active Gods. Anyway, Born parkours from rooftop to rooftop, losing the cops with relative ease. And Nikki runs into a house and then onto a roof, and Born spots her and runs to try to save her. Uh, Dash handily finds her in a matter of seconds, not to worry, however. Born bursts through a window and they have a bloody well fight scene. Cue shaky camp, extreme close up, fucking uh, fighting, hand to hand combat here as Bond gets bounced off every single surface in this bloody well house, yet still can't kill Dash with relative fucking ease. By the way, he has walked away from a car bomb not five minutes ago and he's getting bounced off every object in this fucking room, yet he's perfectly fine. Bollocks! Anyway, with Dash dead as he's choked out by a towel, Bourne uses his mobile phone to text New York telling them Bourne and Nikki is dead. Vosen calls Kramer, telling him Bourne is dead. No one will point out he is a dirty bastard. In fact, he's going to do a cover-up. Pam is a scapegoat, unsurprisingly. Back to Bourne and Nikki. She patches him up, but all he has is a few bust knuckles. Bullshit! I mean, fuck right off, movie. You get bounced off every surface in that fucking room. You get put through three glass um, display cases and he survived a bloody car bombing. Fuck right off, movie. Anyway, in New York, Pam looks up Bourne's files, all the people he has killed. As at the same time, Bourne is telling Nikki he sees nameless faces in his dreams and he wants to know who he has killed and why he was a ruthless killer. So Pam finds out all about Black Briar and Daniel's also Dr. Hirsch. Meanwhile, they're replaying Marie's home haircut dye job as Nikki cuts her hair just like bloody Marie's. Is she trying to look like Marie? Does she want Bourne's D? Hmm. Uh, too bad, he sends her packing on the first bus out of time. Oh, Bourne love! <laughs> Bourne checks out Daniel's burned body and his belongings, finding a CIA office address in New York. That's next morning in New York. The office is buzzing that Dash is dead, not Bourne. So Bourne is now in New York using an old burned passport of an alias that was never actually used for Bourne. How the fuck we found out that one is beyond me. So Pam knows he's coming. He takes a cab straight to the office, doing exactly what he did in part two, calling her from across the street, spying on her via a sniper scope. So, nothing is new and freshness then, it's all just a rehash of the previous bloody well movies. Anywho, Bourne calls her to ask, what does she want with him? She says to thank you for the tape, and says sorry, but not an official sorry. This causes a stern office, as her office is bugged, and Vosen knows she's talking to Bourne. Hold on here, this is a replay of the telephone call he did six weeks after Moscow from part two. So he went from Moscow to Paris to London to Madrid to Tangiers to New York in six weeks. Wow. Anyway, Vosin knows he's in New York. He locks down the entire bloody half of the city. Pamela goes outside in the hopes that she'll bring Bourne in safely. Bourne takes her to a meet-up spot and then deals with the grabs squad that is on her. Vossen activates another hitman, actually the same hitman from London, to take out Pam and indeed 
born. The beat up point is now fraught with agents within seconds. Even Vossen is in there in a fucking unmarked black SUV, giving the kill order to take out Pamor. Hmm. Born calls Vossen to get a voice recording on tape. He then opens the safe and steals all the files inside it and runs for it. Nope. He wasted time reading some of the files and tells Vossen exactly where he is. This Born is a fucking idiot. Super spy my Aunt Fanny. Anyway, Volson calls off his Hitman crew on Pam and heads back to the office. Pamela is then picked up by Cronin, who gives him a sit, gives her rather a sit rep. Born heads to the address Pam gave him, uh, um, which is again crawling with bloody um, CIA hitmen and assassins and fucking hits God, God knows what. So he runs to a multi-storey car park and steals a car. And note the Audi he tries to steal cannot be hotwired, yet he hotwires it with relative ease because movie magic, that's why. Again, Bourne crashes the car off the roof backwards, which he gets out of, and there's not a scratch on his fucking body. Bullshit! He Sticks the thing in reverse and speeds off this thing backwards at god knows what speed, not wearing a seatbelt, and he is bounced off every fucking surface inside that car, yet he's not got a scratch on him. Fuck off, movie. Oh my god, the cops then show up, but the CIA shoot at the cops, and Bourne steals a cop car, and he drives off. Cue a bloody another car chase. As in the CIA New York office, Willis finds out 4-1571 isn't David Wood's birthday, but the address of the hidden and plain state trading facilities where Webb was trained to be born. Vossen then heads there. Meanwhile, Bourne tries to lose the CIA tails, and indeed the hitman. The cop car is then T-boned twice, ran up the ass, and indeed shot at multiple times, but Bourne gets away unscathed. Born loses the CIA hit squad, but not the hitman, who T-bones the cop car, forcing it, Born and it into a metal pillar. Again, Born just walks away perfectly bloody well fine. What does the fuck is this guy, a fucking Terminator? Not even Ethan Hunt himself will walk away from a crash like that, unbloody scathed. Honest to fucking God. Also... The camera is shaking more than an overly caffeinated Parkinson's suffering cameraman. Hold that fucking camera still for fuck's sake. Jesus. Jinkies. Born walks away with a few little cuts on his face that were there a second ago. And he just leaves the hitman for dead. He's now heading to the training rooms. Vossen calls Dr. Hirsch to tell him Bourne has come for him to get the fuck out there, but he just takes it in his stride, not a care in the world. He pulls out David Webb's file along with dog tags. And cue another PTSD flashback of David Webb walking to the building. Pamela then meets Bourne outside. He asks her why she helped him. She says Black Bright isn't what she signed up for. What they did to him was disgusting. He then hands her all the files on Blackbriar and then heads inside to deal with his past. Vossen pulls up, so Pam runs inside as Webb uses Vossen's ID to get into the labs. Pamela then runs to an empty office, then calls the press. She then faxes them everything. Meanwhile, Webb slash Bourne is in the labs. 
Vossen has locked down the entire building and sees a CCTV camera where Palmer is, so he goes to take her down all himself. As outside, the hitman then shows up. Again, there's not a scratch on this guy either. Bullshit, he was left for dead, bleeding from the head, mouth, and looks like he was fucking seconds from death, but he's now perfectly fine. Vossen walks in just in time as Pam sends the final fax paper out. Pam just walks off saying, get a lawyer. Now, Vossen's standing here with a gun in his hand, fucking shoot her! But nope, she just walks off, because this is bad fucking writing. Meanwhile, downstairs in the labs, Bourne has get yet more PTSD flashbacks of him volunteering to become Jason Bourne, turning him into a ruthless killer as it walks Dr. Hirsch playing for time. He tells Webb all everything that he wanted to be Jason Bourne. He volunteered for Black Briar and indeed Treadstone. He says he had no problem killing people for the American good. Or the good of America rather. Cue flashbacks of Webb's training, i.e. torture. Bourne holds a gun to his eye as more flashbacks, but less bloody and still fucking shaky cam shit, however. Anyway, Dr. Hirsch is now gaslighting Webb, forcing him to be a ruthless killer, and boom, Jason Bourne is now alive or born. But Bourne tells him Jason Bourne is dead, he is now David Webb. With that, the CIA hit squad smash into the the lab, so Webb jumps out the window. As Hitman hears this, so gives chase. Webb runs to the roof, but there's no way out, so the Hitman, who is completely and utterly unscathed, by the way, as I said, he survived that severe car crash, but he was bleeding from the head and the mouth and God knows where, yet he does not a fucking scave, and he ran up umpteen flicks of stairs to get to the roof before Webb did. Fuck off, movie. He holds Born slash Webb at gunpoint asks him why he didn't shoot him. So Webb tries to talk him down using the same speech the professor gave him from part one. Webb then jumps off the building, however, Vosen shoots him in the back and cut to Webb floating in the river below, left for dead. Jason Bourne is now gone. Cut to Pam giving a statement to a room full of old white men in suits about her dealings with Vosen. Treadstone, Blackbriar, and why she went to the press. As, as on TV, Nikki sees Kramer is in the shit for illegal CIA assassinations. Vossen and Dr. Hirsch are also in the shit. News reports Jason Bourne was shot in a back, but nobody was found. As he swims off into the darkness, credits start to roll. So that was Bourne Ultimatum. Where the fuck was the ultimatum? This is nothing but a rehash of part 1 and 2. The cover-up stuff is sloppily handed. Vossen makes a good villain, yes. However, this is very bland and very blah. I can see why I wanted to reboot this with the Hawkeye guy, but that also failed, so hmm. Tired, boring and lacking. Plus the quick-cut editing shaky cam shit on my last fucking nerve. So for that... It gets a 1 out of 10. This thing is beyond dumb and sloppy as all fucking hell. I just say avoid these bloody well movies. These are all terrible. But I might come back next week as I wrap up Spy Uari with Jason Bourne. Now, see, 
I was toying with the idea of doing the first Bond movies for Connery, Moore, Dalton and Brosnan, but instead I picked these. God, that was a wrong bloody well choice. Anyway, and don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Here's a Johnny's a Pod. Now go and check out one of my dozens and dozens and dozens of other podcasts. A eh, bye.